Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan LaPique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. So I'm pleased to have back today Vicki Phelan. She's a managing director in the U.S. firm and is the subject matter expert in healthcare. And we also have perennial person for advice worth keeping and Rick Berthod, who's the principal in the U.S. firm, who covers a variety of areas, including healthcare. So we're going to talk about what's going on in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry today. So Vicki and Rick, thank you very much for joining us again here today. Maybe to start out, Rick, I know you've uh, been doing a lot of work with the consortium that KPMG has developed with senior executives within the pharmaceutical industry. So maybe if you could share a little bit of your recent findings with that group. And then, Vicki, maybe if we could then segue to you to talk about what you think is going on going forward. Just a little background. You've mentioned the Life Science GBS Consortium. It's about three years old now. There's 18 organizations that, that are members of it. It includes the who's who within the pharmaceutical and medical device industry. Wonderful group of clients that we've had the privilege to serve, many of which in a consulting capacity, others in tax and audit capacity, but all of which we can claim as important clients of the firm. Over the last three years, have been engaging in active dialogue on a monthly basis and face-to-face meetings a couple times a year to really understand what are they doing from a GBS perspective, where are they placing their investments, how are they organizing to deliver services across their back offices. And as you probably could guess, we poll them and when they enter the consortium and then recently we had them do another survey to really chart their progress against our 10-factor GBS maturity scale. And those 10 factors include things like talent management and data analytics and government governance and commercial orientation and technology. And using those 10 factors, we plot them on a five-point scale from highly fragmented, which would be considered a one, to integrated and strategic in the way in which they organize their GBS offerings, which would be a level four or level five. It was more about the actual survey and scale itself can be found on the Institute website and many other places. It's been the subject of many of these discussions in the past. So I won't go deep into defining what we do but and how we measure that kind of a progress, but I will say it's been really interesting to see how much progress has been made. When we started this process several years ago and started the consortium and started onboarding organizations into it and having them take their first pass at the maturity survey, we got scores that were very much in keeping with industry as a whole. The average life science was about a three. The average from across all industries was about a 2.8 on that scale. But life science clearly lagged a couple other sectors, most notably consumer markets. And it's interesting what we've seen emerge is a couple things. Number one is really clearly beginning to articulate the leaders of life science. And the three or four companies that are Part of that population of about 20 or so life science companies that have taken the survey, really emerging in the four range and on par with what we're seeing the top decile 
score across industry survey, including those consumer market companies that tend to score really well. So clearly we're seeing a breakaway from the pack across those top three or four companies, and I think that's interesting. The other thing that we've been able to chart is progress over the last three years. So as companies are now taking the survey for the second time, we're able to really understand where they're able to move the needle and where they're not. I'd say the average score across the 10 dimensions, across those 10 factors that we look at, has increased by about 20%. So on average, the companies, part of the ongoing consortium and part of their own GBS journeys for the last three years, have moved full point in our five-point maturity scale. I think that's compelling. I think it's really indicative of the value that they're seeing and the investments that they're making to continue to achieve that value. When you look at 10 factors, what have they moved well against and what haven't they, in some cases even shown some regression, talent management has been clearly one where they've moved the most. That's really interesting. It's, it's something that part of these ongoing dialogues that we have, we discuss quite often, how do you build the team? How do you build the capabilities to deliver GBS effectively and efficiently? Data analytics is another one where companies have moved almost a point and a half against. That's really compelling and interesting because it's clearly an area of emerging trends where these companies have a very dedicated, concerted effort that they're making to try to develop their analytic as a service offering. Commercial orientation and process excellence are the two others that I think they've made the most progress against. And I think they're very interesting. Commercial orientation, we look at essentially, in a nutshell, we say, run it like a business. Protect the brand. Define the brand. Provide your internal customers transparency around the services, the service levels, and the pricing for those services that you're providing. And then process excellence is a lot about the process ownership model, migrating from a siloed, very fragmented approach to really looking at business processes from an end-to-end standpoint, not just from the design, but also the execution and delivery of end-to-end business processes like order to cash and source to pay. That's sort of the good news. I'd say one thing in particular I'd like to talk about in terms of some bad news One is around enabling technologies, and we're seeing regression against enabling technology scores. And I think, interestingly, that's not necessarily people are abandoning investments they've already made in technology. I think it's indicative of the fact that the needle moves. The way we're measuring clients' performance against technology dimension has actually expanded. Three, four years ago, we weren't thinking about things like blockchain or robotics or cognitive automation. Now we do. The needle has moved. People have stayed relatively static. So against our scoring system, they've actually regressed. And then the last thing where we've seen some regression, unfortunately, is around service portfolio. And and that's a really important dimension. That really defines the scope of services that a GBS organization provides. And we've seen some regression there, and most notably a a couple of the organizations that are in our database have gone from a multifunctional GBS model to something that's more akin to a functionalized shared service model. Not necessarily seeing a trend in that way, but the fact that a couple have moved in that direction brings the average score down in that dimension. So definitely something noteworthy and, and absolutely something to keep an eye on. Ricky, then where do you see the pharma firms, well, healthcare in general, but pharma in particular going relative to some of the points Rick mentioned, particularly some of the challenges they had with global business services, but also with the adoption of digital labor and cognitive and all these future-oriented stuff? 
I would say I've learned anything as a result of working in pharma life sciences for as long as I have is also with the members of the consortium is that one size does not fit all. So while we may have our own maturity survey and our maturity roadmap in framework, a lot of companies are really taking a look at a couple key areas, which continues to be cost reduction and continues to be simplification. Everybody probably does, just like KPMG has KPMG 2020, 2030, and every one of our clients has the same thing. Most of which that I speak with have those two key areas. As a result of the cost reduction piece, you are seeing organizations, for a myriad of reasons, not take it all the way up to level five and be consciously determining that they do want to functionalize their shared service as opposed to making it multifunctional, global. And I've not just seen that in pharma. I actually may have a meeting with an industrial manufacturer, one of the early, early adopters of shared services and global shared services, who is also reevaluating. They've gone through a spinoff and taking a look at putting things back in the function. So this is certainly something that we are seeing more frequently. The other thing is, is back to the cost reduction component, Many of these pharmaceutical companies are in, well, let's pick New Jersey as an example, or California, are operating their shared service when they're domestically in expensive real estate areas. And so several have made the conscious decision to relocate those in New Jersey and California to lower cost areas within the U.S. or nearshoring them. So they are setting up these, call it what you will, there's many names for them, but these shared services organizations, they are literally releasing, for the most part, the people in the high-cost areas and then relocating down to another location, typically very low-cost, and rehiring, so upskilling those facilities. I expect to see more of that. You think about the companies that are down, let's pick Tampa as an example. Besides, you've got Coca-Cola and Johnson Johnson and Amgen and BMS. They're all kind of going the Tampa route, and they're not going to be the only one. And there's other clients looking at other parts of the country for that. So I expect to see that continuing. I think also around the simplification piece of this, going back to the importance of the branding that Rick just brought up. We just had on our most recent GBS consortium call two outstanding speakers to talk about the importance of branding within their organizations and how that's allowed them to kind of catapult their organization within the broader company at large. So I think by simplifying the approach to their branding, that can also help their case. The other piece that Rick mentioned was, of course, the automation and digital labor component of where shared service is going to actually implement this. What we're finding, not surprising for those of us who have been in the outsourcing business, all three of us for like forever, is that there's a huge opportunity for KPMG to work with our clients and their service providers who are coming back and proposing automation and robotics in their existing outsourcing contracts. And we have done this with several clients. And what it allows us to do to go represent the client and help them make sure that they're negotiating it correctly, that the savings that the service provider is going to experience will be all partly, if not mostly, shifted over to the client who's actually paying the bill and helping them determine sustainable relationship going forward that takes a look at intellectual property and robot addresses and names and so forth. So I think that's another area that we see as an opportunity, not just for our clients, but also for KPMG. Let me just add one other thing, Vicki, if you don't mind. One of the things when we had the group together last, which was happened to be in Chicago back in April, 
We spent a little time thinking about, with our client members, looking at GBS mild disruption. We looked at that in three flavors. One was around technological change, innovation, things like cognitive RPA blockchain as examples. We also looked at geopolitical disruption, particularly with current administration in the U.S., in the U.K., and other geographies, tax change, immigration reform. Things are happening in significant ways that are going to change the way and the economics under which people pursue things like offshoring, which, by the way, Vicki, is exactly why some of the organizations you mentioned are looking at onshore, nearshore alternatives. The third is just operating model change itself. One of those is fading labor arbitrage as you move more towards automation and as the cost of doing business in places like Costa Rica or Eastern Europe or even India, clearly seeing an erosion of those economics. The outsourcing model, most of the organizations that we work with outsource some pieces of what they do, but the model for the outsourcers is changing. They're cannibalizing their own revenue through things like RPA, as an example. We're clearly going to see consolidation. There's always been heavy M&A activity in that sector. We're going to continue to see that even to a greater scale, I believe, in the next several years. So you look at all those things that are potentially disrupting how a large multinational organization delivers their services under a GBS model. As we discussed these topics, there was really wide-scale acceptance that these things are real and they're going to have significant impact in how they disrupt the way in which they manage operations today. What we also saw, which was a little bit disturbing but also demonstrates opportunity for KPMG, is these same organizations, while they recognize the reality of the change that's coming, they really haven't articulated a strategy to deal with those changes. And so, frankly, more than anything else, I see this as an an entree for us as an advisory organization that has depth and understanding in each of these areas that I just laid out to step in and help these clients articulate a strategy, place bets, and execute against them. The only other thing I think I would add on outstanding points that comes to mind is you know, pharma is known for its M&A activity and one of the both taking stuff in and carving stuff out. And so one of the outstanding benefits of global business services and a shared services organization in general is it gives you ability to integrate more easily some of these acquisitions as well as carve out more easily. The discussions that I have with the multitude of pharma companies, when they're taking a look at their GBS strategy, that is a consideration as to how it's going to be structured that that's going to, back to simplification, makes it just easier for them to bring in these new companies or businesses that they're acquiring or divest them as needed. Stan, to kind of sum up a few points, one, our life science consortium members and clients have made significant progress in their GBS journey in the last several years. They're facing unprecedented disruption coming forward, and that presents us great opportunity as the KPMG organization continue to serve the needs of this important group of clients that are part of our life science MPP accounts in the U.S., and notably globally. Rick and Vicki, thank you very much for your time today. As usual, very good insights. We'll have to get you back again soon to more of these issues. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.